Welcome to Toby Haydock's Who's Round. A crusading journalistic zeal or a lovey brandishing an iPhone? You decide. So, um, hello listeners, it's nearly Christmas as I record this, towards the end of the year doing this quest, I only have three Doctor Who stories left to cover, and this particular Doctor Who story I was on the DVD of, and I interviewed most of the cast, so it would have been very easy for me to rekindle my acquaintance with one of those people, but that would be cheating, so instead I'm speaking to somebody I've never spoken to before, who wasn't on the DVD of this story, so I'm going to ask her who she is and why I'm talking to her about Doctor Who. Well, my name is Snay, Snay Gupta, and uh, yeah, I I did Doctor Who many, many, many years ago. Um, didn't actually realise at the time that um, Doctor Who would be uh, such cult following, you know, it, it just amazes me how generation after generation um, fall in love with this particular series, particular Doctor, it's a particular character, it's, it's just amazing. Well, yes, and I often wonder, for somebody like yourself who's done so much in front of the camera, behind the camera, and, of, and, and far more important than both, um, sort of entertainment and ephemera, um, and yet you did get back in touch with me and you seem quite happy to talk about it, so you, you, you don't mind Doctor Who sort of following you about the world? <laughs> well, um, actually, it, it, just, it just surprises me, you know. I have, I have lots of people... Um, sending me little envelopes and these these envelopes contain always contain a little note and then they contain about two or three photographs um which are photographs of me from the episodes that i was involved with in doctor who and you know I, i'm just amazed that these these letters these envelopes uh, managed to find their way all the way to india i don't know how they do it i i i just I'm I'm stunned, you know. Every time one of them pops through my letterbox, I'm I'm just amazed that they managed to get as far as here. Isn't it amazing? Oh well, you see, there are no boundaries to a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and this is this is the incredible thing about it. And and it's it's. I wonder if this is a boring question too, but it's one that often pops up. I think when talking about television of that time, and I know the director Matthew Robinson. Um, when he talks about the scenes on the spaceship, there was you, John Adam Baker, Jim Finlay. For, for, for British television at the time, to have a multicultural crew um, seemed quite a different thing. Was that something that you're aware of, or is that a sort of boring line of questioning to, to an actress like yourself? No, not at all. I, I thought it was very forward-looking, you know, and it was, it, was, uh, it was very brave, really, because at the time when I came into acting in um in britain i think uh, in my particular age group there was only about two or three actresses i think only about two in fact and you know i i remember at the time um although i wanted to 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 do this desperately be an actress desperately um after a while it kind of got boring because i'd always only be cast if if there was a girl, if there was a character uh, of an Indian uh, young girl 
waiting to get married, uh, having an arranged marriage or, you know, uh, trying to run away from home from an arranged marriage or, you know, um, uh, fighting against an arranged marriage, you know. Um, you know, it was those kind of characters. And um, it wasn't really representative of the multiracial uh, society that Britain is or even was even at that time. So when a character, when a program like Doctor Who comes along and they, they want to cast you, even though there isn't uh, a specific reason for an Indian actress to be there, you know, you lap it up you, 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 because that's what you really want to do. You, you want to work as an actress, not as an Indian actress. So it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. And you got to work with the, the Daleks as well. That's right. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're going to do a Doctor Who, do one with the Daleks. Absolutely. Oh, it, it was such great fun. It really was such great fun. Um, it was, I, I think if, if I look back, it was probably, even though it was a small, smallish part, it was, it was one of the most memorable ones. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. I think the thing is, the, the thing about your character is that you look like you're going to be a major protagonist because you're there, you're on the crew deck, you see the, the, the ship dock and you go off yes. to kill Daryl and then suddenly <laughs> you get mercilessly wiped out. I know. I wish they hadn't done that. I so wish they hadn't done that because it would have been great fun to have carried on, really. But, um, but hey, you know, I mean, look, even, even, even with, the, with what I did, you know, people like you call me out of the blue and, you know, these envelopes keep popping through the door. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. And the other, it's amazing. Well, I mean, it's quite a violent story, but actually one of the major controversies and you're, you're in an, an elite and very small um, number of uh, people who have actually smoked in Doctor Who as well. <laughs> I know you wouldn't be allowed to do that today, would you? I My don't God. think you would. No. <laughs> how the world changes huh yeah no but this this is why that character was so amazing you know so kind of uh well doing all kinds of things you know working with the Dalek, smoking you know playing a non-indian part it, it yes roles like that don't come around that often and really. do, do you remember matthew robinson the director i do indeed I, well, I've got to remember him, haven't I? He, he, he created a role, you know, like the one that I played without there being any reason for, for actually me being there. It could, have been, it could have been anybody in that part, you know? Uh, and you, you, you were doing quite a lot of work at that time, so would you have had to audition for that or were you just sort of offered it? No, no, no. Um, I, I don't think there was any parts at the time that I didn't audition for. Um, yeah, no, you had to audition for everything, really everything. And I think for, for a character like the one that I played, uh, more so because um, when you're not playing a particular specific role, which is meant for an Indian actress, then I think um, uh, the director has a greater choice to cast whoever he likes, you know. Um, in fact, if I if I ever came across Matthew again, I'd... Uh, I'd, I'd ask him a question which I didn't ask him at the time is why why he did actually cast me you know when he could have cast anybody yeah yeah I think he was trying to show that you know well I mean it's interesting that you know British Asians weren't represented on on British television uh, uh you know uh, as they were at the time so therefore I think he was going well in the future you know 
th- there's good, it, this is what the future's going to be, where, you know... Ah, right, ev- yes. ev- You know, a, a multicultural future where it's not an issue, where you don't have to be, you know, to be to be an Asian, you don't have to have an issue to do with arranged marriages or parental <laughs> disapproval or whatever. Yes. I actually sometimes wish um, that I'd come into the acting world kind of now, you know, because when you look at it, uh, you know, Asian characters are kind of across the board now, um, you know, from EastEnders to, you name it, Coronation Street, all of them, you know, um, there are Asian actors involved. Um, much better representation now, isn't there? Compared Absolutely. To, compared to when I was in it. Well, you, yeah. you were a trailblazer. Oh, <laughs> I would have liked to have been more of a jogging actress, you know, not mm. kind of, uh, well, earning a steady income um, as opposed to kind of waiting patiently for the phones to ring because that's what it was like at the time. But, you know, having said that, um, I guess because I was having to wait for the phones to ring that it actually made me kind of broaden my horizons and, and think of other things that I could do. And it led me into presenting and then it led me into production work. Um, yeah. If if I had carried on working steadily as a jobbing actress, then maybe all of these other things wouldn't would have been left unexplored. Mm. So yeah. well, so 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 take us back then to to how did you come to be in 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 Doctor? How did you, did you come to be an actress? What was your background and was the was and and maybe tell us about the the path of you know a a a, a different path to a typical jobbing actress at that time because of your background. So. So, so how did you get there, and, and, and what what pitfalls did you encounter? Oh my God! Now, Toby, you're asking me to spill the beans <laughs> you know, on on a past that I think most people have forgotten about. Oh my God! Um, well, I didn't do the well-trodden path of um, of going to drama school or anything like that. Um, I was actually uh, training to be a nurse. And um, I didn't live in London at the time. I was living in a place called Bedford, and um, in the uh, in Bedfordshire, and um, that's where I was training. And then, you know, sometimes fate has other things in store for you, doesn't it? And um, I found myself um, working with Anglia TV. Um, and you're going to say, how did I find myself working with Anglia TV when I was training to be a nurse? Are you going to ask me that? Or shall well, I you, I th- you did such a good job of asking yourself that I think the listeners <laughs> could be spared me. <laughs> well, you know, nursing in those days was a pretty tough job. Um, and it was pretty relentless because the kind of nursing that I was doing was training for uh, nursing the mentally subnormal. Uh, or the mentally challenged or the intellectually challenged as they call them now Um, and so uh, a group of us went and auditioned for Miss Anglia TV because they they were holding their auditions um, just across the river from where our nursing home was and two of us managed to get through to the finals and uh, I have to say, I didn't win the contest, but the, the young lady who did win it was a British Airways stewardess. And um, she, in the end, even though she won the title, didn't want to do the year's job 
that you were obliged to do without her TV because she would have lost her seniority. So she abdicated and um, I was next in line. So that's how I came to, to work with Anglia TV. And um, while working with them, um, they were holding auditions for uh, a program called um, Sale of the Century. Oh, yes. Do you remember that program? Yeah, live from Norwich. Live from Norwich, absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Nicholas Parsons. And uh, and I, you know, I just thought, gosh, you know, it'd be, it'd be such good fun to go and audition for that. Um, didn't really think anything would come of it. Um, but um, went for the auditions and lo and behold, they gave me the job. So that was really the start of it all. And um, that was the start of my kind of television career. And I, I you know, there was, a, there was an incident that took place um, when I was working on sale. And um, that was about um, a very senior reporter from the Daily Mail coming down to interview uh, Nicholas. And um, when he'd finished with him, he came us came he came over to the the two of us. There was Tina Robinson and myself uh, working as the sale girls then. And he said to me, "So, oh, so what do you intend to do after you finish with sale?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'd like to kind of carry on and see how far how far I can go with um, with acting, perhaps." And he said, "Oh, you know, none of the sales girls really do anything, you know." So uh, kind of made that comment and then walked away, you know, and I thought, oh, well, that was rather presumptuous of him, you know, and it, it just kind of um, it just kind of hit me. And I thought, hmm, I think I'd like to prove him wrong. And um, and I think when you get the bit between your teeth, you know, you, you kind of you don't want to let go. And from that day on, I didn't let go. And that was how I entered show business. And you proved a Daily Mail reporter wrong in the process. I think that's a double whammy. <laughs> Good to see they haven't changed. Um... Actually, um, um, uh, kind of about three, four years later, um, my very first major role was a drama documentary um, with um, ATV, not Central. Central is what it's known as now, but used to be ATV. And it was a great, great, um, fantastic drama documentary. It was exploring three generations of um, the Indian community in Britain. And um, I remember that uh, when the, the, uh, the show was finished, um, it was being uh, previewed in, um, in London. And um, I said to the uh, director, you know, he asked me if there was anybody I, I wanted to invite the preview and I said well you know there's any one person I'd like to to have there and that was this Daily Mail reporter <laughs> you know um, <laughs> I, I just wanted him there and um, and, he, and and you know he, he actually came he actually came and um, after after the preview was over after the screening was over he he came up to me and he said wow you know um, well that was that was a very good show and uh, he said he, he enjoyed the performance and everything, and then proceeded on uh, proceeded to give me a half page um, article in the Daily Mail, which was which was fantastic. 
Yes. Brilliant. And you and you did a lot of work. I mean, you worked. You did the Far Pavilions, didn't you? And you did yes. uh, uh, a Kim as well. I mean, what? So, so what were what what were the highlights? Do you think of of the acting work that you were doing? And then maybe lead us into to 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 why you um you sort of turned your back on all of that because as I mean, you've mentioned it earlier. You were you were finding the parts all quite samey, but to an outsider like me, you know. You were you were well known, and you seem to be somebody work, working a lot. So you turned your back on a on a on a career that, you know, for the viewer certainly was 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 pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As time went on, I was beginning to uh, get better roles. You know, um, um, parts in um, miniseries like the Farm Pavilions. You know, it wasn't a small thing. But you know, um, what happened was that. Like I said, I wasn't a jobbing actress as such. I still had to wait for those parts to roll in, you know. Um, a jobbing actress is somebody who, who works for three quarters of the year, you know, um, solidly. But I wasn't quite doing that. And and then I started presenting. And the the the, the earlier presenter jobs that I did were, were kind of uh, just presenter jobs. And then I worked with a producer-director called Jeremy Oliver. Still remember him, he's an adorable director-producer, um, from BBC's education department. And um, he, he asked me to work with him, not just to come in and do the presenting of, of that particular series, but he, he, kind of, um, uh, he kind of helped. He wanted me to work with him on the pilot that was being done. And this was Hindi Urdu Bolcha. This was to teach people conversational Hindi and Urdu uh, because Hindi is such a live language because there's such a large Asian population in Britain. And in on that pilot project, what I, what I got to do was not just come in and do the presenting, but also get be involved in the development of that show, and and be part of uh, part of a major part of the production, as opposed to the small part of the presenting. And you know, I just loved that. I just loved being part of um, a longer process. You know, as an actress, you. You you um, you come in for a casting. You're then cast for the role. You do the role, and then you walk away. You know, whereas behind the camera, if particularly if you're involved with the development of a show, you you spend much longer on that production. You are part and parcel of shaping something. You know, of creating something, and I think that that part of it interested me more than just the acting part of it so as time went on i slowly started moving more towards production and this is what i do today yeah so tell, tell us about some of the things that you've um because uh, the, the the listeners to this will will know of your bbc work and your drama work and things like that um but you know you you've you've gone on to stuff that um really um I'm sure you want to tell a wider audience about because it seems fascinating. Well, um, I initially, uh, I, I started working, uh, doing production work back in England and um, I, I started working on things like, um, there was a Thomas Hardy 
novel which was adapted um, into um, a TV movie. Um, uh, I did things for some of the um, American companies. Um, and then in 1996, um, the BBC's News and Current Affairs Department was doing a major uh, two-part documentary series with David Dimbleby to, uh, in India to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Indian independence. And I managed to get myself on that as an assistant producer, which meant that I would be able to spend uh, about a year and a half in India uh, putting that production together. Um, so I had responsibilities of not just um, putting the nuts and bolts of that production together, but also um, getting to research the various stories that we were doing. And um, and that's how I actually came to India in 96 to set that production up. Um, it was known as David Dimbleby's India. Uh, fantastic, successful program. Just amazing. Um, very prestigious. And um, from that, I really got into the documentary side of it more. Um, I've done, oh gosh, I've done tons of documentaries um, based out of India, uh, which are locationed in India. Um, the kind of documentaries that I do, they tend to be more human interest stories. Um, I've worked on some uh, documentaries which have been shown on Channel 4. Um, I guess the most... The most well-known one has been um, about three, four years ago, there was a little girl in India born with um, four arms, um, eight arms and legs, and her name was Lakshmi. And um, I, um, apart from working on the documentary, um, it was, uh, I also set up her surgery in uh, Bangalore. This was the first time that um, a surgery like that had taken place in India where um, the extra limbs and the extra body that this girl had um, were removed through a very major surgery. It took something like 27, no, 32 hours. Um, had a huge team, a medical team, looking after her, some 42-odd people. And um, this little this little girl's story went, went global. And uh, it was a body shop special for Channel 4. Extraordinary. So, those are the kind of documentaries I like doing now, where, you know, through the documentary, um, we can actually um, see somebody's life transformed, um, see something being done for them, you know. Um, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I do. And, and, and how has the relocation been? I mean, was, was, was it, were the elements of culture shock that surprised you um, in, in, you know, changing your base and... and, and, and uh you know, the, 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 the things that you have come across that you've told stories about, in a way? Well, um, the culture shock, I guess, took place in 82, when I came to India to do the Farm Pavilions. Mm -hmm. That was the first time that I actually came to India, because I was born in Kenya. Um, so I'd never been to India until then. And... Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't so much of a culture shock. Um, I think what amazed me about this country was how big it was, you know, and um, it it amazed me that it had such a deep culture. Um, it amazed me that it had some 
amazing, fantastic monuments, you know, because um, I spent almost three and a half months in Jaipur and Jodhpur, you know, um, which is the state of forts and palaces, you know. Um, and I, I just I just couldn't believe um, that this was the country where my origins belong to, you know. Um, so I guess it, it wasn't so much um, a shock, but um, a, a romance with this country, you mm-hmm. know. It, 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 it began in 82, and this addiction um, carried on. And actually, the, the reason that I accepted um, the, uh, the 96 um, Dimbabwe documentary was because I thought, okay, it gives me a year and a half to go and live in India, maybe two years, and that could that could actually help me to get rid of my addiction for India. But um, I'm still trying to get rid of the addiction. <laughs> but yeah. is it is it home now? Well, I think I think home is both UK and um, and India because I spend some time living in the UK as well. My family's all there. You know, um, I, I'm the only one out here. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I can't actually completely say India's home. Um, yeah, but I feel, I feel very comfortable in both. I, I think I, I feel very lucky and very privileged that um, I can actually spend time in both. Yeah. Well, one thing that I can't uh, not ask, seeing as you've mentioned Mr. Dimbleby, is are you aware that he um, he's hit the headlines recently because at the age of, I think, 75, he's got a tattoo? I know. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I couldn't believe it. In fact, I tweeted about it and said, good for you, you know. How amazing. Absolutely. I, initially, I thought I, I thought um, uh, we were being, you know, kidded. I mean, people were kidding us about this, but you know, it's actually true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it seems to be. Um... Well, Dimble, <laughs> Dimble's always used to be amazing. He still is, huh? <laughs> he still is. Quite, God, quite an institution. Well, interestingly, and and. Uh, you you know you worked with people like um, uh, Saeed Jaffrey and people like that. The, the the community of actors that you worked with, you must have been quite close knit, which I guess in in some way gave a support network. But the other sense, I'm an actor, and occasionally there's an actor that will get jobs that I covered or think I could have done. But with yes. you, it must have been there must have been just sort of four or five of you. That sort of rivalry must have been much more sort of intense. It was much more intense, and particularly if there aren't that many roles going around anyway. Mm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, uh, for me, because um, because I hadn't uh, gone that route of drama school, and you know, and and all of that, everything, anything that I did was was kind of you know a revelation that oh my god i i actually managed to do that i actually managed to do this and i actually managed to do that you know it it it, it was it was sheer joy you know and i just loved everything that i did um and so i didn't think i really had the time if i'm if i can think back i didn't think i really had had the time to kind of um run anybody down or, you know, or, or, or feel in that way, because I was, I was just so grateful for anything that I got anyway, because, you know, 
I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in that space where I was kind of owed it, you know, because I'd mm. spent three day, three years at drama school, you know. Um, I, I have yeah. something in a in a recess in my memory, and I could be wrong, so forgive me. But am I right in recording that you did blankety blank? Oh my God! Did you Tony. do an? Am I right? <laughs> my god where have you if you've done you've done your research really well haven't you but um, um the listeners will know that my brain is wired slightly oddly and that um, the autistic gene that runs through most doctor who fans seems very pronounced with me when it comes to <laughs> actors from doctor who um and i i thought i had that in my mind so i thought because we were getting on well enough i thought well i'm um if i'm wrong she'll just forgive me but i, I seem to be right <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. You see, again, again, to for for somebody, I mean, just imagine this, huh? For somebody who's never been to drama school, for somebody who's never, who shouldn't really be part of show business in television, you know, I mean, it's amazing that these kind of things turned up for me. Mm. You know, it's, uh, I sometimes look back and I think it's all a dream, you know, Um <laughs> uh, that it never actually happened, but it did, you know. Um, and I think, I think all of these kind of things came my way because, because I didn't go after them desperately, you know. Mm. Um, they happened, and I learned from each one of them. And now that you're a, a, a program maker, if, if I was to bestow upon you an unlimited budget... Um, is there a story that you'd really like to tell? Is there something in India that you would like to bring to the to the wider world? The story that you haven't yet been able to tell on screen. Oh gosh, um, you know, one of the things that I always kind of constantly think about is um, when I go and see these beautiful monuments, for instance, um, the Taj Mahal and. Um, this Diagra Fort and Fatipur Sikri, you know, all of these amazing, amazing buildings which are still standing up today. Um, I often wonder what kind of a life went on within those walls, you know? Um, and I think it'd be so fantastic to actually dramatize that kind of lifestyle for. Uh, in, in the English language, I, there are some productions that, are, that have been done in Hindi, but I think they're only accessible to, to the Indian market here. But I think, um, I think it would be so fantastic to dramatize them for the Western audience, you know, because I think with kind of the kind of things that went on in these courts, you know, um, I mean, it would, it would put Dallas to shame, you know. <laughs> It really would. It just, it really would. All the skullduggery and, you know, all of, all of the, um, the, uh, the affairs and the relationships and, you know, and uh, who's going to kill who and who did kill, who did kill who and, oh, I mean, I think, I think it'd be quite amazing to do that. Yeah. But you need big bucks for that. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sold. All I need to do is turn my imaginary budget now into a real one and <laughs> you'll be fine. Uh, we do good work with this because you haven't got paid for this. I don't get paid for this. The listeners haven't paid to listen. So we do ask the listeners to donate to a charity uh, in lieu of payment for this uh, this this uh, half hour of your time. So what, what are your charities, please? 
well, I think it's a fantastic idea, Toby, for you to do that. And um, the charity that I would like to nominate is a charity that I, I have actually set up myself. It's, um, it's called Indiability Foundation. And Indiability Foundation works for works to um, change the face of physical disability in India. That's what it does. Um, it's a sister organization to a grassroots organization that I've been working with for many, many years. In fact, for as long as I um, did the David Dimbleby um, series, because that's how I, how I came across this particular charity. And um, I've been working with them since 1998. It's a, it's a boarding school for physically talented children. Um, the, they're amazing kids. They're from rural India, rural Rajasthan, um, and they're disabled. But you wouldn't think that they were disabled. If you saw them, if you actually saw them and were, um, were interacting with them, you would never in a million years think that they were disabled. And I want um, all disabled to be thought in that light. Um, so anybody who's interested can go onto the website and uh, have a look at the work that we do. And it would be fantastic if somebody wanted to donate. For the purposes of the interview, I have one final question that's awful, but everyone is subjected to, is that it is the 50th year of Doctor Who. Uh, what is your message to the listening Doctor Who fans out there on this illustrious year of a very strange program that seems to have people in its grip <laughs> carry on watching doctor who i think they will well um for the purposes of the interview um Sne gupta thank you very much thank you very much toby brilliant that was Thanks. wonderful i hope that was okay for you Thanks to Sne and her charity is Indiability, which you can find at www.indiability.org. That's the word Indiability, I-N-D-I-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y, Indiability.org. Donate if you can, that would be very nice. Um, I'm patting myself on the back for this one because uh, that documentary we alluded to is called Casting Far and Wide and it is on the Resurrection of the Dalek Special Edition uh, and it was Ed Stradling's idea and I was very pleased to do it and uh, I interview in it five of the actors from Resurrection of the Daleks um, about Doctor Who but also about their careers as a whole. Now there's an idea. Um, the next Who's Round knocks off a story I didn't actually have to knock off if I didn't want to. It wasn't in my original remit but I, I, I did anyway. Uh, keep listening. I'm on Twitter at Toby Haydoke, T O B Y H A D O K E. Big Finish rules are on Twitter at Big Finish. Feel free to follow us. Uh, I'm sure we'll say fascinating things in 140 characters or less. Until next time, ta ta. But as far as I understand it, the writer told me that um, he was my Time Lord, was the only Time Lord who had uh, contradicted um, Doctor Who and been proved right. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, The Forsaken. I'm the Doctor. Uh, this is Ben, Polly, uh, Jamie. Pleased to meet you. 
I'd better take you to the hotel. The boat's unlikely to get here for another day at least, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. Just so long as the Japanese don't get here first. Japanese? They're advancing through Singapore. Total blooming disaster from what I hear, but we should be evacuated before they get this far. Private Jim Jackson, but everyone calls me Jacko. Actually, we have our own Jacko, don't we, Ben? Not now, Pom. What's wrong with you, Ben? You look like you've seen a ghost. Doctor, Ben, there is someone. Look, over there. Where? What did you see, Pom? I don't know. A figure, barely more than a shadow. Is it that what was worrying you, Doctor? Worrying me? You said you could feel there was something wrong. Uh, Yes, yes, possibly. Very possibly. Oh, get down! Oh, it sounds silly, but it, it looked like death. death. Big finish. We love stories. Death don't hang about, you know. He's got things to do.